This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Name Never Podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the headliner himself, the main man, the guy who without him... The previous show would not exist. It is, of course, our superstar, Dave oh, Statman Roberts. Dave. Hello. Dave. Na- Hello, Natalie. <laughs> How are you? Um, what was that little music playing in the background? No, that was that was me just muting something. It's gone now. <laughs> you didn't quite mute it enough. You stole the thunder of your own announcement, Dave. I was like, I felt like you were playing crowd noise. It was. Uh, it sounded like clapping where I was. I'm so. very sorry. It's uh, sorted now. No, it's quite fun. I was about to applaud your um, your giving yourself a, a big build up. I, I like it. Um, how are you, Dave? How have you been since we last spoke last week? Uh, well, not very good with the result at the weekend, but we'll uh, come on yeah. to that in well, not too much detail. Hopefully. Oh, do but, we have uh, to? No, well, no, hopefully not. But we'll uh, we'll, la, look, la, la. we'll look forward hopefully to a, a better result on uh, on Saturday afternoon at uh, yeah, a home well, game. Most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, like I say, I think I was quite lucky this week in that I, I wasn't around for the main previous. Uh, the main preview show this is the main preview show the main podcast and George and, and uh, Richard sat down and had a chat about it instead but uh, there, was a, there was a part of it that was a bit like oh I'm tied up this week and can't do a podcast oh well <laughs> so it's just like I just don't think I've done it about five times now I just don't think I can sit through another another podcast analysing another 5 nil away defeat to Sitter it's, uh, it's, it's got to be psychological now Dave don't you think well, it seems that way, yeah. We, the, the consistency levels are uh, certainly there, but unfortunately, in the wrong direction. So we need to uh, need to do something about that next time we play them, certainly. For sure. Uh, but like you say, onwards and upwards, we we have uh, we've got to look at these things and think. Well, it, it's not like we've we've you know we've never been beaten by City before, and in other seasons we've lost by the same margin and either finished in Europe or uh, or finished tenth in the table. So. All is not lost. Um, but before we move on to the, the actual preview of this weekend's game, Dave, we have a small matter of a quiz question that we need to um, get an answer to. And last time we asked our listeners for the names of two players. You made it super hard this time. Um, the question was, who was the last player to score a goal for Burnley at Manchester City's previous stadium, which was, of course, Main Road, and part two 
who was the first player to score for Burnley at the current City of Manchester Stadium. Over to you, Dave. What was the answer? Uh, well, the answers were uh, Ian Moore uh, in the first uh, half of that uh, question. The answer was uh, Ian Moore. He scored in our 5-1 defeat in December 2001. Uh, that was our last ever game at Main Road. We didn't probably realise it at the time. We knew that uh, there were plans afoot maybe to move, but uh, we didn't play Manchester City again until November 2009, by which time Graham Alexander, he scored the opening goal from a penalty in the 3-3 draw, which we uh, did mention uh, last week. Um, and that was the other half of the uh, answer to that question. So Ian Moore and Graham Alexander were the two answers we were looking for. Excellent. And who do we have any correct answers this week? Uh, we had a couple, yeah, a couple of wrong ones. We just got one one half of it uh, right. They didn't quite get both of the answers right, so commiserations to anyone who missed out on that. But we did have a couple of correct answers. Uh, Donald Palmer knew the uh, both answers, and as did uh, John Robertson once again. I think they were the only two who got in touch with uh, both correct names. It is, and commiserations to team none never pro young Tom Whitaker, who usually doesn't usually get them wrong, does it, Tom? Doesn't he? So he was, uh, I think he was a bit gutted when uh, he put the answer in our thread, and he got one right. I thought he was going to get the other one, but he didn't. I'm afraid. Um, well, of course, we have um, another question for you, so do make sure you keep tuned in until the end of the show, where Dave will be setting you another question to test your brains on all things claret. Oh, actually, I've just had a thought there. I was just about to go on to the next section, actually. I've just noticed my thing. Uh, you've put a note in my thing that um, have we got a guest questionnaire for the quiz this week, Dave? Well, yeah, we decided as uh, John Robertson seems to get the question right every week, um, he gets the answer to the question right every week, we'd give him a go at uh, setting the question. So he's going to oh, yeah. he's got the honour of setting this week's uh, question. So uh, we'll have that uh, later on. Exciting! I had I nearly skipped across that. Then I didn't quite. I think I think I wasn't expecting something new to put in the script for this section. I stayed quiet because I thought you might be keeping that as a surprise till the end. But uh, no, no, I'm not. Let's tell our listeners. Well, that's a definite reason to stay tuned till the end of the episode, young listeners, because uh, we're going to have a special guest quiz question. And I'm very excited about this one. So stay tuned. Opposition stats. Okay, so moving on to the main reason why we're all here this week, and that is, of course, to look ahead to the game this weekend. And the Clarets are at home to Everton. Saturday, the 5th of December, 12.30pm kickoff, and this is live on BT Sport. Dave, why don't you set us off with a bumper jam-packed advent calendar of a section? Because we're going to start off with recent history, including last season's meeting and... Burnley's last top flight, top flight win, please. Yeah, we'll try and unpick that for you. Uh, for our recent uh, retrospective comparisons for this season, we've looked at uh, the corresponding fixtures since 2009-10. And Everton have visited Turf Moor on six occasions during this time. Uh, all of those were for Premier League games. And whisper it quietly, but Burnley have quite a good record in these recent matches. Uh, there have been four Burnley wins and just two defeats. Uh, some of which will feature later. Uh, but the most recent meeting last season resulted in a 1-0 win for the Clarets. Uh, that was in October 2019, with Jeff Hendricks scoring the winning goal in the 72nd minute with a side-footed volley from a tight angle from Ashley Westwood's corner. And as we were victorious in this fixture last season, that was, of course, our last top-flight home win against Everton. And we'll be hoping for more of the same this Saturday. Absolutely. Highlights! And low lights. 
so what about our highlight then? What have you picked for the highlight for this feature this week, please, Dave? Uh, well, for once, there were several uh, recent contenders for the highlight, but we've opted to select a 2-1 win from October 2016, and more specifically, for the highlight, the winning goal from that game. Uh, Sam Vokes had given Burnley the lead late in the first half. We like to get Sam Vokes in every week if we possibly can. That is the third week running that we've had <laughs> Sam Vokes mentioned. Dave, you are spoiling me. You're turning into my absolute hero. It's I gonna, love it. It's going to be a theme. We're going to try and get that in every uh, every week. Um, he scored after the ball was parried to him. Uh, he sloshed away from close range. Uh, but Yannick Balassi equalised for Everton just before the hour. And it looked like the match might end in a 1-1 draw. That was until the final minute. Uh, Johan Berg-Gudmundsen's shot struck the crossbar, but rebounded back to Scott Arfield, who managed to keep his shot down and fired in the winning goal to earn all three points. And I'm sure you'll agree that's a worthy selection for this week's highlight. Absolutely. Always a worthy selection for anything that's got Vokes in it. Um, well, we need to dampen the mood a little bit because we all got a bit excited there. I think we need to, to dull it down a bit. And what have you chosen for our low light? Uh, well, this week's low light also happened to be the low point of Burnley's 2018-19 season. But thankfully, it was also a turning point as well. After we'd finished seventh in 2017-18 and qualified to play in the Europa League preliminary knockout stages, our start to the 2018-19 season was a difficult one. Everton were the visitors to Turf Moor on Boxing Day, which was the 19th league game of the season, and so marked the halfway point of the campaign. Our visitors took all three points back to Merseyside with an emphatic 5-1 win, leaving many Burnley fans scratching their heads, wondering how the team could turn things around. Um, We'll spare you all the details from the game, other than to say it was the last Premier League appearance for Burnley for goalkeeper Joe Hart, although he did make three more appearances in cup competitions the following season, and it was actually the only Premier League appearance for Burnley for central defender Ben Gibson although he did actually score our goal in the game. Um, and again, once again, he did appear later in uh, cup ties, but never again in a Premier League match. Um, as we know, Burnley won the next game against West Ham United at Turf Moor a few days later and had a much improved second half of the season. So although it was a low light, it was a turning point and we uh, improved after that. So there's a, a happy ending to the story. Oh, that's good. Well done, Dave. Phew. Rescued that one. Heroes and villains. On to one of my favourite sections then. Who have you picked for our hero? Uh, Well, we could easily have chosen Scott Arfield as this week's hero for his late winning goal we mentioned for the highlight section, but we like to share the accolades around. So instead, we've opted to choose the goal scorer from a 1-0 home win over Everton in the 2009-10 season, which I'm sure you'll recall was Burnley's first Premier League campaign. Uh, That player was the same one who scored the vital goal in the playoff final to defeat Sheffield United. So just about everyone will know that it's Wade Elliott. Um, In in that season, after losing 2-0 at Stoke City in the opening league game, uh, we enjoyed a magnificent 1-0 win over Manchester United at Turf Moor in midweek, thanks to Robbie Blake's thundering volley. And this match we're talking about now against Everton was played the following Sunday after that. Uh, Perhaps wasn't the best game ever, but Wade Elliott's goal, combined with a penalty miss from Everton's Louis Sahar, who sent his spot kick wide of Brian Jensen's post, gave us back-to-back top-flight wins. Which we love. We love a good back-to-back win. Um, Again, dampening our spirits. Yeah, I tell you, Dave, you give us and then you take us away. What is the villain, please? Who is the villain? Not what is the villain. Who is the villain? Uh, Well, just for a change, we've got joint villains on this occasion with two Everton players sharing the dishonours. 
Um, there have been two red cards in recent meetings between the two teams at Turf Moor, and both of those were shown to Everton players. Uh, those two individuals and our joint villains for this week are Ashley Williams and Seamus Coleman. Uh, Ashley Williams saw red for swinging an arm into the face of Ashley Barnes late in the game that took place in March 2018, which Burnley won. Um, And in last season's meeting in October 2019, uh, Seamus Coleman, who'd already escaped with a yellow card for a crude challenge on Eric Peters, was cautioned again for a poor foul on Dwight McNeil and had to take the walk of shame towards the tunnel in the corner by the cricket field stand. So, yeah, joint villains this week, Ashley Williams and Seamus Coleman. Excellent. It's the one to watch. In my least favourite section then, I'm still letting you do this and I haven't pulled this one yet, but who is our one to watch? Uh, Yeah, we're persevering with it. Um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is this week's one to watch for Everton. Really? Yeah. Dave, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like he needs the added benefit of a little bit of a boost from our (laughs) terrible, terrible omens. Oh my God. Go on. (laughs) Well, we need need to pay particular attention, don't we? Um, As this season's top scorer in the Premier League so far, with 10 goals in the first 10 games, he's been a key reason why Everton have made a strong start to the campaign, particularly in the early stages. He scored seven goals in their first five games. That included a hat-trick against West Brom, as the Toffees picked up four wins and a draw. However, despite scoring three more goals in their last five league games, Everton have suffered four defeats and won just once. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin poses a particularly strong threat in the air, and this was something that was examined in great detail in a recent feature in The Athletic, which even enlisted the assistance of a professor of biomechanics at the University of Chichester to provide some extremely detailed insight into the way he jumps to meet the ball. Um, He's also scored another hat-trick this season. He scored an Everton's uh, League Cup win over West Ham United, Um, as well as a goal in each of England's recent friendlies against the Republic of Ireland and Wales. Um, In summary, we know Dominic Calvert-Lewin has been particularly clinical this season. He's converted his 10 goals from 31 attempts, 18 of which were on target, and so our defence will need to be on high alert to try and counter this threat. Excellent. One to watch. I'll I'll stop watching him when he scores the fifth goal, shall I? And I'll just wait for the rest of them because Dave's now completely jinxed us. Um, <laughs> turning to the actual game itself at the weekend, then Dave, who is our referee, please? Who's going to give us lots of penalties and decisions our way? Uh, well, we've got him back again. Uh, Anthony Taylor of Withenshaw will be in charge of the Saturday lunchtime kickoff at Turf Moor. He's been in charge of 17 previous Burnley games. Uh, we did quite well in his first four games. They were all in the Championship. Uh, we had three wins and a draw. We've not been quite as successful in the 13 Premier League games he's been in charge of uh, of our games to date. Um, our record in those games is 1-3, drawn 3 and lost 7. Uh, He's refereed one previous game between the two teams, which was Burnley's 1-0 defeat at Goodison Park on Boxing Day last year, and he's already taken charge of one Burnley game uh, this season. That was the 0-0 draw against West Brom at the Hawthorns. Um, He's yet to show a red card in any of his previous 17 games involving Burnley, although, looking back through his stats, he's previously dismissed two Everton players in their past matches. Uh, They were uh, Darren Gibson and also Kevin Morales. Um, Anthony Taylor will be supported in Stockley Park this weekend by Mike Dean, who's the video assistant referee for this game. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Now, we're not going to leave it there, Dave, because I know you and I know you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve 
deep into the pockets of the stat man Dave Bank and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week. Uh, well, I've cheated again. I've got two, so we'll uh, we'll do them uh, one by <sighs> one. Of course you have. Of course you have. Stat number one. Um, it's been okay. over 45 years since a match between Burnley and Everton has ended in a draw, including all of the 12 Premier League matches, home and away, which have taken place so far. The last draw involving the two teams was a match in the old First Division in August 1975, which took place at Turf Moor. After a goalless first half, Ray Hankin scored for Burnley, but David Smallman equalised for Everton shortly afterwards and the score remained 1-1. So that's our first stat. And our second stat, and one that's come up in the media a little bit this week as well, uh, Saturday's game will also be Sean Dyche's 200th Premier League game in charge at Burnley. Uh, Last weekend was his 100th Premier League away game, and this weekend's game will be his 100th Premier League home game. Uh, For anyone who's interested, from his first 199 Premier League games, Burnley have had 59 wins, 49 draws and 91 defeats. Uh, Burnley has scored 195 goals and conceded 282 in those games. And during this time, the most wins against any other club is six against Bournemouth. Excellent. That is a good stat. I like that. Um, now, before we obviously move on to uh, myself and Dave having a quick look at the the Everton game, we did manage to speak to Matt at the Blue Room um, to give us his thoughts ahead of the weekend's fixture. Fixture. Over to you, Matt. Opposition view. It's Matt from the Blue Room here. Uh, just giving. An Everton preview for the No Nate Never podcast. Uh, difficult one for Everton this, really, to know quite where they stand going into this game. Uh, the season's sort of been muddled into three different parts for us. There's was that excellent start where they won seven games in a row in all competitions and everyone got very carried away, as we probably should have done at the time. And then, of course, there's the international break. And, and after that, where things unravelled a little bit when Richarlison was suspended, uh, three defeats in a row against Southampton. Newcastle and Manchester United and then since the most recent international break where Everton came back and looked really good for a half against Fulham before eventually clinging on and winning 3-2 and then the game last weekend against Leeds United which was just a bit of a mad football match truth be told and one of them where it felt as though fine margins were going to define the game and Everton missed their chances Leeds missed a lot of their chances and ultimately a, a moment of brilliance for Rafinha decided it so difficult to really take much from that one but I think what Carlo Angelotti will be looking to do going into this game against Burnley will be to add a bit more balance to the side because Everton look as though they're going to be without Seamus Coleman at right back they'll definitely be without Luca Dean at left back and without those two in the side I think what the manager's done is sort of been prompted into trying to change the system a little bit too dramatically or bring in players from different positions to play in those wing back positions who don't really suit the role so Alex Awobi having done quite well against Fulham at right wing back Went to left wing back against Leeds. And then Tom Davis, who's a central midfielder, of course, came in and played at right wing back. So it just didn't really feel right and balanced and fluid against Leeds United as a result of that. So that's something I'm looking for for Everton to improve on against Burnley. Uh, the weaknesses in this side, uh, before we go on to speak about the strengths as well, is the defence. Everton have been really porous at the back since the opening day against Tottenham. And apart from the Leeds game last week, they've conceded two or more goals in every Premier League game they've played. And while at times that's been okay because they've scored three, four or five in matches where the attack doesn't quite click as it did against Leeds last week, you can get punished for that. So I'm not entirely sure what's going to go on from a defensive point of view in that regard. Um, I think Michael Keane's a shoe in to start 
maybe Yeri Mina will come back in uh, for his aerial presence as well, obviously, to, to try and cope with someone like Chris Wood and, and Burnley's set-piece threat. Uh, but Everton's main strength is obviously going forward. And the last couple of weeks, uh, Richarlison and Harris Rodriguez haven't completely fired on all cylinders, but they've had spells, certainly in that Fulham game, they both had spells where they were really on it and they took the game away from, from Fulham in that time. I think when those two are on it, and Everton progressed the ball well into the final third when they create a lot of chances. Then Dominic Carver-Lewin's been the man to stick the ball in the back of the net. Uh, obviously, top scorer in the Premier League as we start the weekend on double figures already. He's come along so much and I think it's going to be a really interesting test for him against Burnley's defence because I think the lads that Burnley will have at the back of physical. I don't think they'll take his backward step in regards to how aggressive they are against Carver-Lewin. And he'll be up for that battle. And he's it's going to be hard for him to find space and get opportunities. But it's something that, by and large, this season, he's been able to do. So, fingers crossed, uh, from an Everton point of view, we can get that space. Hopefully, Everton can get into the game a little bit more from an attacking point of view. I think it's one of them, at the moment, for Everton, where they actually are a bit better suited to playing against teams they are going to sit in and let them have a lot of the ball. Because they've got players like Rodriguez and Richarlison that can unpick defences that are sat in. Whereas, if you get amongst them and press them, then... The midfield and the defence isn't quite up to that. So I'm feeling quite confident going into this one. I think Everton have got the, the attacking tools to, to unlock Burnley's defence uh, maybe once or twice throughout this game. It's just going to be about keeping Burnley out of the other end, obviously. Uh, Burnley haven't been able to get the back of the net too frequently this season. But um, Everton still need to be on it and still need to be aware of what they're doing. So uh, fingers crossed from Everton's point of view that goes well. And obviously best of luck for the rest of the season for you guys after Saturday's game at Turf Moor. So, Everton fans not feeling that confident about this fixture, Dave. How are we feeling? Um, I think it's one we've got a good chance of winning. I mean, they're, they're, they aren't on a good run. We've, we've mentioned already they've uh, lost four of their last five. They've not got a brilliant record at Turf Moor. So, it's one of those games that you know we should be looking to, uh, to, to try and win. It's not been easy for us. We know this season. Uh, we've just had the uh, the one win and two draws so far, but perhaps this is the win we need to uh, to try and kick on after the disappointment of uh, of last Saturday. Which, as we said, I mean Manchester City away isn't going to define our season. It's going to be defined more by the games against the other teams, and uh, certainly particularly by the the home games. So if we can try and pick up some uh, wins against the likes of of Everton and and the other teams who come to turf more, then that's going to help get us out of uh, where we currently are. Yeah, I mean, the the table looks pretty horrific, doesn't it? I mean, you kind of look at it and you just think, well, there's just no there's no hiding that. It just looks horrible. Um, and I am a little bit concerned that we have only got four points on the board in nine games. Five. That's that, five, three, three. We've had a win oh, yes, and two draws. Yes, yeah. of course. I forgot about it. I was like, who's the other draw? I was like, oh, yes, of course, it was the West Brom game, wasn't it, at the beginning? Yes. You know, five, eight, five points out of nine games isn't that great. Um, and it's it's very much relegation form at the moment. Now, luckily, we've got enough games to play, but we've got to start winning. And unfortunately, we've got because we've been dropping points around some of the teams we were hoping to be around. Games like Everton at Turf Moor, we've got to try and pick up some bonus points. Otherwise, we're going to run out of winnable games. So um, that said, the the two games before City, we were. St- I mean, obviously, I, I thought. Palace, we were great. I, I enjoyed that Palace performance, and there was a lot of spark in the Brighton game as well. So, you know, I think if we put in a performance more like Palace than we did City, I think we've got a good chance of getting something from this game. I really do. Um, what's your prediction with that in mind, Dave? Um, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to go for a two-one win. 
Dave, I love it. I'm going to go for a two, three, one. I'm going to be really ambitious. I'm going to say three, one, because I think we're starting to look positive again. And I think, yeah, three, one, I'm going to say. So excellent. Well, listen, guys, what do you think we're going to do? Hopefully you'll all be listening to this before the early kickoff at the weekend. So don't forget to get this in and, and make sure you tune in early. Um, if you've got a score prediction or you've got any thoughts about how you think we'll perform or even line up at the weekend, you know how to get in touch. Drop us a tweet at no, nay, never or email us at podcast at nonenever.net. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, second half of the show, Dave. We are going to be looking at da, 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 the None and Ever Fantasy Premier League. Game week 10. What happened? Uh, well, yeah, as you just said, we've had now had uh, 10 completed game weeks. And last week in particular resulted in quite a lot of movement towards the top of the No Near Never Fantasy Premier League table. Uh, the top scorer in the No Near Never League for game week 10 uh, was Matthew Campione with 78 points, which lifted him up to 35th place in our league. And in terms of the top five, as I say, there's been a little bit of movement in there. Uh, going uh, in reverse order, in fifth place, down to fifth place, is Graham Jennings on 621 points. Uh, level on uh, on 621 also, but uh, ahead on the tiebreaker, must be on last week's score, I think, uh, is Charlie Binns. That's moving up to fourth place. Uh, we've got Ursay uh, in third place on 635 points. Uh, Craig Smith is a climber up to second place with 642. And David Miller is a non-mover. He's still number one uh, with 646. But you will notice that gap has closed considerably. I think he had a lead of around about 30 points last week. Uh, he scored 45 for the week, although he's still top. Uh, that gap has closed right up, so there's um, not much separating those teams at the top of the table now. No, and I've noticed my girl Joanne's dropped out of the top five, so I'm displeased with that. Yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of movement in that top ten. I think it was quite close, mm. wasn't it, from from second down to maybe eighth or ninth, so that's that's probably why. Mm, that's it. Well, she'll be back. She'll be back. Um, what about you and me, Dave? What, what, what are we up to? Uh, well, you're a non-mover. You're still in 238th place. You've got 40 points for the week, and you're on 401 overall. Um, my team went up three places from 132nd to 129th with 48 points for the week. I've got to 520 overall. And Richard Steele is still the only one of the No Near Never podcasters in the current top 50. He's currently in 44th position and uh, beating the rest of us. Excellent. Um, so what about, generally speaking, the, the team of the week then? what What's happened with that? Uh, well, no one will be surprised to hear that there were no Burnley players making into the Kings of Game Week 10. Uh, although, not surprisingly, there were some Manchester City players in there. Uh, the highest scoring player overall was a, a Manchester City player, uh, Riyad Mahrez. He scored a, a hat-trick for Manchester City, uh, as we know, last weekend. And his haul of 21 points almost double the 24 points he'd earned uh, earlier in the season. Uh, and perhaps that's why he's only owned by 5% of FPL managers. Um, but there were an impressive 139 points up for grabs if you had all the 11 kings of game week 10. I will run through those players. We had uh, Johnston of West Brom in goal, a back three of Mendy, Ogbonna and Walker, uh, a four-man midfield of Mares, Neto, Bowen and Ward-Prowse, uh, with Cavani, Wilson and Joe Linton up front. 
Uh, and I'm sure that all our listeners are wondering at this point if it's even possible to afford a squad with all those 11 players. So can you enlighten us with the answer, Natalie? I could, but it would be a lie. Because I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, you can do that. I'm sure you, you can. You can do it with time to spare. Yeah, no, I'm sure you can. I think we'd we'd kind of figured out, didn't we, last time? It was there was so much headroom that year, that week we did it. I think we've kind of realised that unless it's a, a ridiculously high scoring week that's a complete anomaly, then we might have a look at it again. I think we're pretty confident that yes, you can do it. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be confident and say yes, you can. Yes, you can. Uh huh, you can. And then in, our, in terms of our top-scoring player, uh, it's close at the top still. Uh, Hummin's son uh, overtook his teammate Harry Kane, and he's now the highest-scoring player overall with 87 points. If you've had him from the start of the season and maybe you've capped him a few times, that's probably contributed to your score. Mm, definitely. Well, that's a really good summary, Dave. Thank you for that. Um, and guys, listen, we're going to obviously keep checking in on you every single week. And as exciting news, next week's preview show, we have reigning champion Bennett Howarth coming in to um, talk us through how the first start, well, the first third of the season has gone for him and to recap on those hints and tips for how to get through the festive fixture. So do tune in next week to speak to our good buddy, friend of the show, reigning champion, Bennett Howarth. Statman Dave's quiz question. Okay, finally, before we leave our listeners for this week, Dave, it's homework time. Um, We have a quiz question, do we, to uh, leave with our listeners to to think about before next week? Yes, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we have a guest question this week with John Robertson wanting to know the following from you. Only two players have won the African Footballer of the Year Award on four separate occasions. Yaya Toure is one. But the other player scored twice in a man-of-the-match display in a Premier League game for Everton at Turf Moor. But who is the player? Ah, exciting. That is a good question. Um, and I, we already know this answer because he told us the answer when in our message when he sent it in. So, for those who don't know the answers or who do know it and want to submit it to us, even, how do our listeners get in touch and submit their answers, Dave? Uh, well, as ever, they can tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. Um, of course, you can email us, podcast at net, or you can reply to the post for this preview show on the never Facebook page, and we will reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Excellent. Well, before we let our listeners go, Dave, um, we've got a few housekeeping issues to talk through at the end of the show. Um, You have an update on the charity calendar, which we talked about in last week's preview show, don't you? Uh, Yeah, we mentioned that Clive Lawrence, uh, a photographer who'd uh, pulled together a a calendar, which was looking back at the 1990-91 season, um, that's been sold out completely as far as I'm aware. And it was uh, also mentioned uh, this week that over £2,000 was raised for the uh, Gary Parkinson Trust the sale of those calendars, which was uh, really, really good news. Um, and also, it was mentioned, there are plans to do another one for next season. So moving on a year, that'll be the 1991-92 season, which, of course, was the um, Division Four. Championship, championship yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be really good. Um, do you know what? Thank you to everybody who contributed to those calendars and, and and raised some money for a fantastic cause. It's one of our own, and obviously it's a it's a cause very close to all of our hearts. So thank you, and get excited. Let's we'll, we'll push it again next season. We'll keep an eye on that for you, and we'll make sure we'll let you know when um they come out. Um, the only other thing I wanted just to to check with before we sign off, Dave, is to um we said that we were going to get keep an eye on when all of the 
kickoff times and all of the fixture dates have been set between now and over the festive period, um, just in case anybody's got a lot on or people are struggling to keep up with all the changing times. So do we want to just give our listeners a very quick um, overview of what our upcoming games are? Yeah, we'll run through those because they've all been confirmed now at least until the end of the year. That's going through to uh, the Sheffield United game. Um We've got Arsenal coming up next. We're away at Arsenal. Uh, that's uh, next, uh, the Sunday after next, the 13th of December. And that's a, a 7.15 kickoff, Sunday evening for that one. Um, then we've got a midweek game. It's been moved now to the Thursday. That's a 6pm kickoff on the 17th of December. We're away at Aston Villa, so away for the next two games. Uh, we're then at Wool. Uh, well, sorry, we're at home to Wolves. Uh, that's a, a 5.30 kickoff on Monday the 21st of December. That's our last game before Christmas Day. Uh, we're no longer playing on Boxing Day because the Leeds away game has now been moved to the Sunday. That's on Sunday the 27th of December at noon, uh, an early kickoff for that one. And then finally, as we mentioned, uh, we're at home to Sheffield United, our last game of 2020, and that's a 6pm kickoff on Tuesday the 29th of December. So quite a lot of movement from the original dates on those, but uh, they're obviously up on the uh, the Burnley FC website and we've mentioned them uh, again now. But we'll be doing previews, all being well, for uh, for all those games coming up. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. Well, that is all we've got time for this week, listeners. My thanks this week go to Matt at the Blue Room for his Everton preview, to producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there, to uh, Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview short announcements, and of course to Dave Roberts, who is just a superstar and basically puts all of this together. We wouldn't have a previous show without him and he works very, very hard on this. So thank you, Dave. Um, Final thanks as ever go to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to the preview show. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, The team will be back on Tuesday looking um, back on that fixture at home to Everton and and hopefully analysing some good points on the board and lots of goals as well. Um, And Dave and I will be back next week to preview the Arsenal away game. So get in touch with your quiz answers and we will see you next week. Um, in the meantime, take care of yourselves. Um, wear a mask where you can. The end is is, is nigh. We, we've got some great news about this horrible pandemic this week in terms of a vaccine. So we can start to get a countdown to the end of this. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Um, and if anybody's feeling isolated in this really difficult time, um, the known and ever um, lines are always open. Get in touch. We'll be happy to chat through or just to keep you company or do our best to cheer you up. Um, this has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.